if you have a Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians 4. Um, if you need a Bible, there's some on the back name tag table there. Um, but we're in Ephesians 4. Ephesians is in the New Testament. And if you have a Bible, um, there's like a table of contents that can show you what page it's on. Um, but let's go there now. Ephesians 4. Two weeks ago, um, Paul, the author of Ephesians, he prayed a huge prayer for us. Um, if we're a house, um, Paul prayed that Christ would move into the house that is us as a permanent resident. Um, but then Paul prays that this house would gain a new foundation. This new foundation would be a love that's bigger than we could ever possibly wrap our imagination around. He's like, I want you to know how high and long and wide and deep it is, but then I also want you to know that it's bigger than you could ever possibly imagine. So he's like, try to imagine this love, but then just know you actually can't. It's way bigger than you ever could wrap your mind around. And then Jesus, he prays that Jesus would move into every part of the house so completely into every room and attic and closet and crawl space to the point that we are filled to the brim with Yahweh's presence. And so now we get to hear how Yahweh intends to answer Paul's gigantic prayer for us. So we're in Ephesians 4, verse 7. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then I'm skipping down to verse 10. He ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, or you could say shepherds, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So there's a lot here, and I need to pray before I go any further because I'm going to need God's help to, uh, to connect this in any way to my life and to yours. So if you would, please pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. May these words leap off the page and come alive in our hearts like never before. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so Paul pray, talks about filling the whole universe and all of us attaining to the full measure of Christ himself. Uh, apparently, filling the house was just the beginning, and this thing was going a lot further. Um, the original word for the universe is tapanta. Try saying that, tapanta. All right, it means all things in all places, uh, or the universe is a good way to describe this word, tapanta. It's, uh, it's like when our friend and our brother Roman, um, he prayed a few years ago, God, uh, if you're real and if you're out there, I, I need something more. My, my life as it is is not working and if you're real, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you have something more for me. And then his, his journey and his story began with City Team, where now he's, he's working as an intern, and this is out, outside the San Francisco uh, City Team Center. And God's been doing a lot in his life since then, and Yahweh's yes to Roman's prayer was fullness, this fullness that God wanted to bring to him, that the house that is Roman gained Jesus as a new permanent resident, as the guest of honor. The, the house that is Roman got a brand new foundation in the Father's love that was higher and wider and deeper than he could ever imagine. And if you get to know Roman and his story, uh, the Father's love especially is a, is a really important part of, of his story. Um, and Yahweh is bringing his fullness to Tapanta, to, to all things and all places that is Roman, every corner and room of the house that, that is him. 
And Roman's family's noticing a difference in his life. We got to talk about it, he and I, over lunch this last week. And uh, by the way, all this, thing, all this that I'm sharing about Roman, I had permission to share, just in case you were wondering. I, I asked him, I was like, this is great stuff. Can I tell other people? And he said, yes. So just wanted to clarify. But, but Roman's, Roman's family is, is noticing a difference in his, in his life. Um, they used to make fun of him for being a Christian and going to church and what do you do on a Sunday? And, but they've, they've stopped. They've stopped making fun of him because they're noticing a difference in his life. And now they're kind of wondering like, okay, I'm happy for you. And then the other part of it is like, what's, what's the deal? What's, what's happening? What's going on? And so Roman's prayer, Roman's hope is that one day uh, his family is going to experience the, fillness and the, fill, the filling and the, and, and the fullness that um, is happening in his life. But, but filling the house that is Roman was just the beginning of what Yahweh plans to do. Here's the thing about this filling. The answer to Paul's prayer is bigger than just filling the house that is us. The house is just the beginning. Jesus' plan is to fill not just us, but the entire universe, Tapanta, with his presence. What Jesus is doing in the house that is us, it's just like, it's like a sneak preview. It's like a signpost for where the whole thing is going. God's plan is that one day he would move in completely to the house that is us, but then move in completely to the house that is the universe, all things in all places. What this means is that whatever, to whatever extent God has already done this in you and to whatever extent he's still doing this, it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Paul tells us Jesus ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Let me hear you say, so that. So that Christ could fill Tapanta, all things in all places, Christ then gives these five different kinds of gifts that we talked about for the first time last week. Five different kinds of people. Let me hear you say apostles, apostles. prophets, prophets. Evangelists, evangelists, shepherds or pastors, and teachers. So that Christ could fill all things in all places. He starts with these five kinds of people who specialize in five different ways that the church needs to be filled to the full. So if you're in Christ, you are one of these five gifts to the church, to the world. But which gift? And we started, we kind of got into that a little bit last week. Um, to figure out which, what gift you are, uh, you might not figure it all out this Sunday, but we could kind of get an introduction to it. Um, one good place to start is just with some questions to figure out, like, what's my heartbeat? What are my passions? How do I see things? And so for the sake of you who weren't here last week, um, there's some questions I asked last week, and I'll ask them again. Um, raise your hand if I read a statement and it sounds like you. And I'm not going to call on you or anything. Don't worry. Just, I just, just self-identify. Yeah, that one, that one kind of sounds like me. So first question, when you look at the state of the church, Jesus' body, what do you tend to notice? Some people would say, I see people who are disconnected to God's larger purpose and vision for their lives, but if you just give me, say, unleash people into their giftings. If that's kind of your passion and how you see things and you want to see people un unleashed in their giftings and you, you, you kind of look at this thing and you're like, oh, if I could just tweak this or this, who, who, who would say, yeah, that kind of sounds like me? That's kind of, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. You know yourselves very well. Yes, I would say that about you. Okay, so you, you might be an apostle. You might be. Uh, here's another one. I see Christians who are breaking God's heart when they live according to worldly priorities instead of the priorities of God's kingdom, and they're missing out on God's best for their lives, and I want so much more for them. If, if that's your heart, well, raise your hand. If you're like, that sounds kind of like me. Yeah. If that's you, you might be a prophet. 
Uh, here's another one. I see people who don't know that they belong in Jesus' family, but I am a bridge builder, and I can translate God's heart for them in a way that they understand. Who would say, that, that sounds like me. I'm kind of a bridge builder, open arms, ready to translate, ready to help. If anybody's an outsider, I like to make them feel like an insider. Yeah? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, you might be an evangelist. Here's another one. Uh, I tend to see people who are broken and hurting, but that doesn't scare me. I dive right into that stuff. I get energized when I see people who are in need of hope or compassion or healing. And that's not all of us. Some of us, but some of us get energized by that. And we go, man, great day. I got to help a bunch of people. They were really hurting. I encourage them. I help them. Who, who's, who's, who of you that's, you're like, that sounds like me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know yourself very well. Yeah. You, you might be a shepherd or pastor. Uh, okay. Last one. I see Christ followers who are struggling to understand who God is and what Jesus taught us. But um, somebody says, hey, I have a question or I don't get this or this part. You get you get totally fired up about that, and you're like, I have a, all these books you could read, or these videos you could watch, or a curriculum, or I will hang out until you get it, until you understand, and you get a, a grasp on God's truth for your life. Who, who would you say, that, that sounds like me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you might be a teacher, and it's actually okay if you've raised your hand for one or more of these, and we'll talk more about these uh, next week, because you might have like a, what we'll say, a, a right-hand gift, if your right hand is your dominant hand, and then you have a left-hand gift that supports the right-hand gift, it holds up the main thing. So if, if a couple of those speak to you, there's probably one that's right-hand and then one that's left-hand. We'll talk more about that next week. Um, now, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, you might be. I, I say you might be, because that was just five questions. Um, it helped to be a little more thorough uh, so that we could be sure. And so last week, I asked that you would take an online assessment of your 5Q. And there's a card on your seat with uh, some of those symbols we saw uh, earlier, if you want to take that card out. And it's got some info about that. So 5Q, uh, think IQ, but instead of measuring intelligence, it measures how you are gifted with one of these five gifts from Jesus. But here's the thing, only knowing the, the name of your gift, it's not very helpful. It's like, like a really bad Christian horoscope, like, oh, I know my sign, but like, you know, I'm a shepherd. What the heck does that even mean? Like, do I need to find some sheep in a field somewhere? Do I need a rod and a staff? Like, what if I'm allergic to fleece? Um, I don't know what to do. So here's the thing, with, with whatever your gift is, we want to build out your gift profile um, and uh, the, I, I really, really recommend this resource that's on your card. Um, the assessment comes from um, a, a man named Alan Hirsch, who's made this like his life's work. And this assessment does just that. It gives you all kinds of ways to understand your unique part in Jesus's body. And you'll probably even know ahead of time what your right hand and left hand gifts are and how they work together. Um, the assessment costs $8.00. But if that's a financial hardship for you, and that is the only thing standing in your way, then please, 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 my email is on the card, and just email me and say, hey, uh, can you send me a code to take the thing for free? Uh, I really want to. Absolutely, no problem. Re reunion will cover your costs. Um, for now, please put your paper in your pocket and, or in your purse or something, and, and, and take the assessment as soon as you can, and send it to me, because honestly, I love getting to know you guys this way, and it's really fun for me to think about each of you and who you are. Um, there's a lot of stuff around here that we just like have to do to make things happen, you know, set up or things like that. I don't know that anybody's necessarily gifted for setup. Like that's what I, that is my passion. I wake up in the morning, I'm like I can't wait to get everything all arranged and everything. Maybe it is, maybe it is. 
But, um, but then there's other things around here that is, is your gift for how God made you. And I couldn't be more excited to think about that and, and work on that with you and create the kind of environment where all of us are being unleashed in our gifts. So please send it to me. It's not a bother. I really like it. Um, my dream is for Reunion to be a place where all five gifts are functioning in the church. Um, in a lot of churches, they might give preference to maybe one or two, and the other gifts kind of get neglected. Um, but we need to give space for everybody to do their thing. Um, that's our part to play in Yahweh's plan for fullness, a full church that's operating at full capacity with, with all of its gifts. And that's because the fullness of Jesus is only present in a church that's full of all five gifts. If we're not experiencing all the gifts, it's not a full church. And the reason why is because Jesus is all five gifts. After all, which, which gift was Jesus? Was, was he an apostle? Apostle means sent one, and Jesus was the best apostle. He was, sent, he was the sent one from the Father, and he addressed all the barriers that were standing between us and him being reunited with the Father. Was Jesus a prophet? I'd say there's so many moments where you see Jesus, he's not afraid to speak truth to power and to question the status quo of things and to disrupt things and to embody God's compassion and holiness and truth. Um, to, to be a light shining in the darkness. Yeah, he was a prophet. Was Jesus an evangelist? Trick question, not really a trick question. Yeah, I think Jesus has no rival when it comes to his ability to connect the good news of Jesus to somebody's unique circumstances. I mean, this is I mean, a really fun thing to do is just look through the Gospels and see how Jesus meets individual people. He never treats anybody the same way as he treated the last person. He gets to know them, their unique situation, and that's how he treats them. That's how he speaks to them. He gets to know you, and uh, he never had a cookie-cutter approach to people. And uh, so, so if you're an evangelist, you're learning from the best evangelist as you're looking at Jesus. Was Jesus a shepherd? Well, I'm pretty sure he even had the title of the good shepherd. So uh, whether people needed to be protected from wolves, per se, uh, he had his rod and his staff, and he was defending people who were vulnerable. If there were people who needed to be healed, you see all the time, even literally making them lie down in green pastures so that he could feed them, he could nourish them, he could feed their body and their spirit. He was an amazing shepherd. Was Jesus a teacher? Uh, have you heard the Sermon on the Mount? The greatest sermon ever. People, people heard Jesus explain the scriptures, and they walked away amazed at his authority to unpack God's words for them. There was even a moment later on in the story where there were those who said, my heart was burning when, when he opened up the scriptures to us. I was, there was a, a fire that he lit in my chest that wasn't there before. He's an amazing teacher. So whether you're an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a shepherd or a teacher, the expression of your gift is going to be one of the best ways for you to get to know Jesus better. The five gifts don't all experience Jesus in the same way. We don't all grow in the same way. We don't get unstuck in the same way. We have to pay attention to how God made us and not the person to our left or our right. And we also can't recommend the same things to somebody to our left and to our right that help us because that helps us, but they might be a different gift and so they need something else. So let's, let's say, and this is going to happen if it hasn't already, you, 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 as Jesus' disciple, there's a time when you're feeling stuck or spiritually lonely or distant from God. Well, if you're an apostle, Yahweh connects to apostles through their eyes. 
and it's really more like your spiritual eyes, like your vision for life. You, you need Yahweh to reconnect you to what he's up to, his plans for the future, where the whole thing is going, because that's what captures your apostolic imagination. That's what gets you fired up and puts a fire in your belly. You, you find Yahweh when you receive fresh vision through your eyes. Now, if you're a prophet, Yahweh connects with prophets through their hands. You need to experience the presence of Yahweh when you're with the poor, when you're with the marginalized, when you're with the people who are are forgotten and pushed aside. When you serve people with your hands, you see Jesus in their face, mess, helping people through your interactions with them. You need to get out there in the dirt, in the mess, helping people. If you're an evangelist, Yahweh connects to evangelists through their feet. You need to get going. You need to go out to other people. You need to walk around the neighborhood. You need to have people over in your house. You need to meet people who need some good news. You find Yahweh in the expression of your gift when you're going out to others. You look around at these empty chairs and you're like, I know seven people right now who should be here. And, um, and as you express that gift and tear down barriers and let them know that God loves them and you translate things for them, that's where, that's where you find Yahweh. If you're a shepherd, Yahweh connects with shepherds through their heart. So if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling burnt out, you need to take time for reflection and prayer and solitude and silence and other spiritual practices. And you need to give yourself permission to let God take care of you. Because as a shepherd, you're often really happy to take care of other people, but then the the dark side of your gift is sometimes you neglect yourself. And then you're burnt out and you're wiped out, compassion fatigue and so many other ways that you've been taking care of other people. But you need to let the good shepherd be your shepherd first, and then you have something to give to other people. If you're a teacher, God connects to teachers through their mind, and you need to let the great teacher nourish your soul again and take, take time and space to learn from him. So, so it is okay that you want to go to that conference or watch all those videos or order all those books and read all those things and learn. That's going to nourish you and fill you up. Don't apologize for that. That's how God meets you and lets you know he's here, he's real, he's, he's speaking. Let him, let him reconnect with you again. The five gifts don't all experience the fullness of Jesus in the same way. So we have to pay attention. How did Yahweh make me? So uh, let's talk about this for a little bit. I've been talking for, for a while. Let's, let, let's, let, let's process this a little bit. It's my uh, baby pterodactyl in the back there, Jonathan. Um, so apostles and eyes, prophets and hands, evangelists and feet, shepherds and heart, teachers and mind. So maybe as I describe this, one of these sounded kind of like you, where you're like, yeah, that, that refreshes me, that encourages me, that's my motivation. So using this body part imagery, let's talk with like one or two tops people around us and see if you can very quickly say, yeah, when I'm feeling stuck or distant in my walk with God, here's how that body part imagery is a good description of like what helps me, okay? So let's circle up and let's talk. Go for it. A uh, couple, couple thoughts, anybody from the group, like the body imagery, where, where did you go with that? Like, are there certain things that when you think hands, heart, eyes, feet, like what's that look like for you? Anybody? What's, what's it look like for you in your life? Well, helping out at City Team on Thanksgiving. Yes. With daughter and her friend. Helping out at City Team. Thanksgiving meal. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a chore or, yeah, it's like, no, I get to, I'm, I'm serving people, I'm taking care of them. Yeah, you're, but you're fired up and encouraged after that. Beautiful. What else? What's this look like? Mina. Team meetings, plans for the future. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Yeah, totally, yeah. And, and, uh, and, and you also make sure, like, hey, remember, we, remember the things we've been talking about? I thought we were going there, and you, you, may, you keep us on track. So, yeah, thank you, Mina. Yes. Is somebody from over here? What's this look like for you? Any thoughts? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Liz. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're feeling dry. You're feeling discouraged. You're feeling like disconnected from the good news. And then, yeah, as soon as you're sharing it with other people, you're like, oh yeah, this is good. I need this too. Yeah. The evangelists need an evangelist too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we go forward, we're going to, uh, first we're going to talk about what it would look like to express these gifts in our community groups and kind of practice that as kind of like letting the community groups be like kind of a micro church. We're going to test things out and talk and just say, hey, what's it been like to share your gifts in your group? And then that's going to give us some hints and clues for how we can do this as like as a church as a whole. Um, so this is this is a journey we're on. It's not like next week everything's all going to change, but we're just the, 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 the whole universe. That's um, so, so, so fullness, the, 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 the whole universe, that's where, that's the plan. That's where God's taking things. Um, I, I'm guessing some of us were asked about our plans, uh, this week, if Thanksgiving was with family. Um, did anybody get sized up by somebody in your life, um, asking them, what, what's your plan? Where's this all going? What, what are you doing with your life? Anybody, did that happen to anybody this week? Any kind of expression of that? Um, what they're really asking is, do you have a plan? Um, or does your plan line up with my unwarranted advice for your life? Um, in high school, you might remember people asking you, you know, do you plan to get a job or go to college? Um, and then when you do get a job or you go to college, then they're asking, what do you plan to do after that or with that? You know, you're going to move higher up. You're gonna, what are you going to do with that degree or what? If, uh, if you're single, they're asking, you know, is there anybody special in your life? Are you planning to date? You know, what are you doing? You know, um, if we're dating, they are asking when, if and when we plan to get married. If you get engaged and it's been more than 72 hours, they're wondering if you've set a date. And then if you're married and it's been more than 72 hours, they're asking when you have, plan to have kids. And you're like, geez, whoa, settle down. Um, on and on it goes. But the, the message we get from these questions is you are falling behind. You are not complete. You don't line up with my standards and my plan for your life. You're like, wow, thanks, Aunt Carol. Thanks for that. The, the kids one can be a sore spot uh, for some of us. Um, maybe marriage hasn't happened for us, or our marriage fell apart, or we can't have kids. Um, maybe it's, 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 it's too late, or we're wondering if it's too late. Um, if, if you feel in any way, especially from this last week, that you are falling behind on the expectations that other people have for you, um, Jesus has some good news for you this morning. Um, these were the these were the last words that Jesus spoke to his followers before he ascended to the throne as king of the universe. Uh, just listen. This is Matthew 28. Familiar words. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, and when they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. Some doubted. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth, Paul would have said, all authority in Tapanta has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm sending you out. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, now, while that's still fresh in, in your mind as you listen, I want to put some other words in the foreground of these words that we just heard from Jesus. Th these are words Yahweh spoke in the very beginning, Genesis 1. 
Yahweh created mankind in his own image. In the image of Yahweh, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yahweh, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and rule over it. So in the beginning, God created a good world that was meant to be filled with all kinds of creatures. And our mandate, the human mandate, was make babies, fill the earth with them. But for those of us who can't have our own children or we're single or divorced, um, these words can kind of sting. They could feel like I'm not doing my part or, or whatever. Maybe I'm falling behind. But you're not falling behind because we're at a new stage in God's story. That was, that was, a, that was an important stage then, but you need to know we're at a new stage now. Jesus' words when, to his disciples are a deliberate echo of the Genesis mandate. He's picking up on that to say it's, it's at a new stage now. We hear these Genesis echoes in his words in Matthew. We hear about blessing and filling the earth and fruitfulness, but it's different now. It's different what's coming out of Jesus' mouth. This time, our mandate is not to fill the earth with children from our own bodies. This time, Yahweh is calling us to make spiritual children. We are called to fill the earth with disciples of Jesus, which means that nobody has to be left out of this call. Nobody has to feel like they're falling behind. Nobody has to be held back by circumstances beyond their control, whether it's marriage or their ability to have kids or anything like that. We, we might not identify as a married person, um, but in light of Jesus and what he's done, we actually should. Uh, the, 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 if you are in Christ, uh, you are married to, to Jesus. We're described, the church is described as the bride of Christ. Uh, we might not identify as a parent, but we should. Because if you are in Christ, you can have children. You can have spiritual children. That's our call and that's our mandate from Jesus. And those kinds of children don't need to come from a pregnancy or an adoption. You and I are called to make disciples so that the earth can be filled with people who look like Jesus, and I think you'd agree, even just after a, a brief tour on the news report for this week, um, anything going on really in the world, I think you'd agree, that, so, uh, who are filled with the presence of Jesus. Would you agree? Yeah. So, um, all five gifts operating in Jesus's church, and Kevin, I'm back at page nine, just so you know. Um, I warned him ahead of time, I was going to jump around. Um, all five gifts this is how we participate in Jesus' plan to fill Taponta, to fill all things in all places. But our gift has to grow. Nobody just comes out of the box ready to go, filled to the full with their gift, fully understanding what it looks like, what it means, how to carry it out. Your gift has to grow. That's why Paul said to his disciple, Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I think this is a really great image. Picture Paul praying for Timothy by play, placing his hands on his disciple's head and speaking words of blessing and commissioning over him. And he's praying for Timothy to receive God's gifts that God's placed on his life. And here's the thing. Uh, guess which church Timothy ended up pastoring as he's being discipled by Paul? Ephesus. Ephesus. The church in Ephesus, the very church whose letter we're reading right now. Timothy, we get the feeling he's not like Paul. He's not as gregarious and, and, and just out there. He's, he's nervous to step into his calling. He, 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 it seems like he even deals with like stomach issues. Maybe he's so anxious, so afraid to step into his leadership calling. But he has a Paul in his life telling him, 
Timothy, God has given you his spirit, and that spirit is not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Timothy had a Paul in his life calling him, fan into flame that gift of God that I see in you, Timothy. It's there. I know it. Fan it into flame. It starts as a small flickering flame, but then it can grow. Daniel, do you mind getting the lights? I want, I'd like for this to be a final image for us. Um, you have a candle under your chair if you want to grab that. And uh, here's, what, here's what I'd like us to do. Um, if, we could, um, if we could circle up, make a big giant circle and hold your candle, but like from me around the chairs, let's, uh, let's, let's get up and make a circle with folks to our left and to our right with your candle. See if we can extend the circle even to the, uh, the, the tech sound table. And if somebody wants to bring them two candles, do you have two candles yet? Somebody want to bring those guys two candles? Awesome. We did it, guys. Well done. Here's, here's what I'd like us to do. Um, I've got a lighter, and we're going to pass it around the circle. And um, as you light the candle of the person next to you, um, you'll say these words, uh, fan into flame the gift of God that's in you. And so light, light their candle for them and then speak these words, fan into flame the gift of God. And we'll, we'll, we'll go all the way around. And uh, as you're, if you're not lighting a candle, just uh, watch the image and let the image uh, speak to you. And then um, as soon as your candle is lit, if you would, please bring it here to the table and find a spot for it, and uh, this is where all of our candles will go, and then you can head back to your seat, okay? That was, uh, that's what happens when you come up with the illustration by yourself in a room with your laptop and you don't run it by anybody else, so thank you for helping me make this happen. Uh, we, we even had an apostle in the room step up and go, hey, so maybe I should send one of the lighters over to the other side, and you're like, yes, thank you, that is a great idea. I had no idea what to, how to solve this. And then, uh, and then some of you were like, I'm seeing this table kind of not as balanced. I'm going to bring some candles. It's, we had some arrangers in the room making it a lot more artistic and balanced and everything. So it's good. You guys are already using your gifts. Um, uh, some of us are introverts, and we need more time to, to process an image like this, but some of us uh, uh, can process things right away. Um, if it just, I wanted to hear if anybody had any thoughts. How does, how does this image speak to you about um, God's plan for the church? So this, this is, let this picture stick with you uh, this week, wherever you find yourself. Um, we celebrate Advent. Uh, it means arrival. And um, the, the first Christians picked when we celebrate Christmas for all kinds of reasons. But one of the reasons was because it's like, it's the darkest time of the year. And so they're like, hey, let's bring some light to the darkest time of the year. And wherever you go, um, you, you are one of these lights however you find yourself. And what, whatever the case for yourself, if you need to remember, it takes all of us. If you need to remember, hey, light can cast out darkness. If you need to remember, it starts, it might start small, or you might get a little burnt, a little hurt at the, at the beginning as you're kind of figuring things out. Or, hey, if I look around, I start to see it's not just me, that there's other people who are part of this thing. Let, let this image speak to you in, 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 the, in the coming week. But this is, this is Yahweh's plan. His plan to fill the universe starts by filling the house that is us and then a group of people, but then that's just the beginning. Jesus plans that this thing would fill the entire world. 
because uh, the whole world uh, needs to know uh, what Jesus is like. And they're going to know what Jesus is like through you, the apostle. They'll know Jesus, the apostle. Through you as a prophet, they're going to know Jesus, the prophet. Through you, the evangelist, he, they're going to know Jesus, the evangelist. Through you, shepherds, they're going to get to know Jesus, the good shepherd. Through you, teachers, people are going to know Jesus, the teacher. And to Liz's point, sometimes in the exercise, uh, us exercising our gift, we experience or hear something that we needed to hear or experience. Yes, we're helping other people, but you go, I needed that too. I needed that too. So um, let's, uh, let's not be a church where we teach other people to be all the gifts. Let's, let's be a church where we teach that, no, you be who God made you to be and trust that the person to your left and your right, they're going to be your gift, and together it's going to be what God meant for it to be. And let's also, if somebody's feeling stuck or discouraged, Let's first, before we recommend what helps us, get to know them and go, oh, you're a prophet? Okay, you know what? What would help me would not actually help you. Let's talk about what would help you if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling discouraged. Um, So let's give each other a final good word, a final benediction. Um, As we end our time, let's, let's tell each other what's one idea of what it would look like for you based on how God made you to fan into flame the gift of God that's in you, to go, okay, as an apostle or an evangelist, or I'm not sure what I am yet, but this one kind of sounds like me, what's one idea maybe that the Spirit's spoken to your heart about? Okay, here's your first step. Here's what it would look like for you to fan into flame God's gift that's in you. And as we tell each other, it's kind of a good way to hold ourselves accountable to whatever God's said. So um, yeah, let's give each other that good word. What would it look like with your unique gift to fan into flame the gift of God that's in you? Go ahead.